It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Need to call a timeout real quick here. I wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my world listeners for a while now. It's about all the incredible things happening over on adfreeshows.com. The debut of our new Monday Mailbag series is here with a man we love to hate, longtime WCW and WWE referee Nick Patrick. But they didn't know who was going to be the heel out because of Earl that the Montreal screwed job on there. I said, I guarantee I promise you, I will be the heel. And that they were going to hate me far worse than him. Watch this. And that, and then I went out and that happened. And they, they said, you're right. <laughs> 34 years ago, Jim Ross was on the call for the first match in the classic Flair Steamboat Trilogy at Chi-Town Rumble. And now he's watching it back on a bonus watch-along edition of Grilling JR. As far as a match is concerned, nobody's going to have a better match in 1989 than you just witnessed. So many people, uh, you know, this is what got them hooked on wrestling for life, this match. And- Ad Free Shows members sat shotgun alongside Impact star Frankie Kazarian and Eric Bischoff as the pair reflected on their time together in TNA and answered member questions live. I did as good of a job as I could to substitute for Kurt Angle. There's no fill in those shoes, but I did the best I could. Um, I thought we had a great match, and I uh, subsequently tore my tricep <laughs> in that match, so... Uh, it was it was a roller coaster of emotions of a day, man. But it was it was cool to be put uh, in that position. Like, hey, well, you know, uh, we're throwing you into the main event. It's basically sink or swim. And uh, I think I carried my weight, and it was it was a real real fun experience, man. One I haven't really talked about a whole lot. Hey, that's just a small taste of what Ad Free Shows has waiting for you, including a brand new perk: getting to join in on the live recordings of the shows. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. That's right. Sign up today at adfreeshows.com. Symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. 
Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer, your friend and mine, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you, man? Oh, Conrad Thompson. How are we doing today, pal? Um, how are we doing? Let's check in on Conrad today. We are, are great. You? We are excited to be here. It's going to be a big wrestling week. Uh, of course, everybody's excited about what's going on in WWE as we are on the heels of Elimination Chamber, marching towards WrestleMania. WrestleMania season is upon us. But before we get there, there's a big pay-per-view happening this weekend on the left coast. And uh, unbelievably, somehow, some way, you won the Battle Royal just one day after, sadly, memorializing and celebrating the life of your father. You step up to the plate and you win the tag team battle Royal. And now you got a title shot on pay-per-view this Sunday. What a world. I am so disappointed in you, Conrad. So, 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 so disappointed. How so after 2022, why are you surprised? Well, here's the thing. You're just a hater. Are you another one of those delusional AEW fans that, oh, he, I'm I'm kidding, Conrad. Uh, What a, what a wonderful, I do say that. What a wonderful, wacky um, life experience. Um, Really over the last, God, Conrad, two weeks. Um, The ups and downs of, of life and sometimes the lows are unexpected. Uh, but look out of every low, as me and you have often chatted, something good always comes out of it. So, um, and I'm not talking about, uh, dominating that battle role and fashion, just a fashionable way with my man, Satnam cheering me on at ringside. He is such a good cheerleader. Um, he just, he's just knows his role, doesn't get involved and, and really is such a good moral support system for me that I needed it. Uh, but no, uh, guy right had um, happy my world day. It's, um, we're, we're, I guess you should say we're getting back on the horse and, um, you know, um, as, as you have said, uh, a couple of times when the time's right, we're going to do a long form on my father and, uh, do an entire episode on him. I think it's, I'm not up to it. And I'm not sure that, well, you're always up to things, but yeah, I, I don't think the time's right, but man, Conrad, to say that I have been overwhelmed in a very, very positive way. Um, I think I used to look at the phrase celebration of life. Um, I did. I looked at it completely different, but I can say um, once the initial shock uh, of, of the circumstances kind of got through that and went out to El Paso and, and I mean, Laredo, you know, uh, no, what, what was that? Laredo. 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 Went out there and, and that, that sort of 24, 48 hours was, uh, I don't want to say a blur, but it was all happening so fast. And I, I knew I needed to get on the plane and go out there. And so did, uh, my family members. Um, but you know, flying back home and kind of getting my head straight and really having a little quiet time on the plane and what has transpired, and I know, Conrad, uh, as it relates to so many things, uh, I can't, I, I've thanked you privately, but I'm going to thank you publicly. And if you're listening to this, uh, whether it's um, 
the 28th of February, or if you listen to it uh, in March or April or May, I can assure you Conrad Thompson um, rolled up his sleeves. That was not an easy task for Michael Hayes to, oh my gosh, Conrad, uh, that the last week's episode of, of the tributes and everything that you did through the, through the entire process. I can't thank you enough. I can't thank so many people, but, um, the term celebration of life took on a new meaning for me and, you know, the outpouring and I mean, the rocks, Instagram post, um, stone cold scent. And I know some of this is private. Uh, I don't think Steve would mind me, but just the, the texts and the messages and the voicemails, um, from, and I, I mean, so many people, Conrad, I'll get emotional, really diving into that. And that's not, that's not going to happen today, but it just, and Conrad, you know, this, I wish, <laughs> I just wish my dad could have heard. Yeah. That, that was, that's the one thing, um, that does give me emotion. I wish he could have heard all those kind words that were said and, and, uh, the high regard know, everyone held him in. It was just, it was, it's still amazing to me, you know, and the, the last words, uh, my sister spoke, um, that paragraph that my dad wrote in a letter eight or 10 years ago, but she got the opportunity and she never opened that envelope. Um, but he walked it up to her house eight or 10 years ago and said, Hey, this is for my funeral. And she never opened it until the day after his passing. But you know, the, the, the words that she said that he wrote about what, uh, you know, it's basically there's, he did a lot of good and he did a lot of bad. He knew that he was a flawed human being and man, that was really special therapeutic, um, heartwarming. It just, man, I, the look, and I'm just talking about the past. Just so many things have happened Conrad over the, over the last two weeks, but, um, I'm, I'm rambling here a little bit, but thank you Conrad for everything you did, all the tributes, the outpouring of love and emotion and everything that went into, oh man, just so much. Um, I'll stop there. Well, Jeff, we, uh, we all appreciate your candor and, uh, everybody listening to this feels like they're your friend now. I mean, I know that sometimes we say in wrestling, uh, oh, this is like a big fraternity or a big sorority or a big family or all those cliches. But the reality is people who listen to this show, myself included, feel like we know you and I'm fortunate enough to, to know you, uh, when the microphones aren't on and, um, it was our pleasure to do a great man service last week. And, um, we got more Jerry Jarrett coming up here in the future of my world, but first we got to get this tag strap going, baby. I can't believe it. You know, the last outlaw is fired up when i tell you the last outlaw my man jay lethal um tonight uh tuned into aew dark we had a six-man tune tune up that was uh filmed in orlando uh a day or so ago and uh conrad there's gonna be a lot of unhappy people i'll just say that uh when we were in phoenix and the old last outlaw uh, outlasted everyone. Oh boy. <laughs> there were some folks that were not happy Conrad. And that's that delusional 
uh, fan base that AEW is uh, so uh, well known for now. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to, um, in a lot of ways, Conrad, I'll call it regaining Tab Team Gold because earlier this year, if it wouldn't have been for that BITCH Aubrey, yep. uh, me, me and Jay would be Tag Team Champions today. But uh, the little greenhorns known as the Guns, um, the Carney Rappers, uh, affectionately known as the Acclaimed, and uh, who knows who, the, who they throw in there. They may throw in there Stone Cold, Rick Knox, and Albert Edwards. I, the last outlaw will take them down too, Conrad. We're fired up. We're pumped. Sotnam, Sanjay, myself, and Jay. No, it's uh, the Bay Area. Here we come. Uh, we're doing TV at the Cow Palace. So much history. Uh, gosh, almighty, there's so much history uh, in the Bay Area as it relates to wrestling. So pretty fired up, pal. Pretty, pretty fired up. Let's uh, let's briefly talk. I know we don't spend a lot of time talking about current stuff, but I saw something last week, and then I saw still from your dark taping or elevation or whatever it is. <laughs> My man Satinum can hold you like you were a teenage boy, like you were a 12, 13 year old little kid, and you've been in the ring with some big boys, the Mark Henrys and the, and the big shows of the world. But when he caught you and Jay on the whole little hang on to the rope, lean back spot, and then in your arms and then just puts you back in the ring. And then I saw a still photo of him holding you and Jay at the same time. Like Andre did with the cheerleaders back in the day. <laughs> what are we dealing with, with Satnam Singh? Oh, so, you know, doing umpteen thousand interviews through the years. A lot of guys, a lot of interviewers would ask different questions. Conrad, I don't know if I've ever laid it out like this for you, but who's the strongest man you've ever been in the ring with. Um, my kind of simplistic answers through the years are, uh, and sometimes people go, Oh, I really didn't think of it that way. Steve Mungo McMichael. And I know he's, you know, his skill set being a lineman in, in football and all this, his upper body strength, but man, he could throw you around like a legit ragdoll. Uh, Scott Steiner's another guy with his amateur background. They just kind of know how to move, whatever it is, their hips, their weights, and they're super, super strong and genetically they're gifted and all that. Those two guys. Um, Paul White is another one. Uh, worked with him at WCW many times, and I can just remember. Like, okay, this guy is next level strong there that, you know, um, Scott Hall used to say, Oh, double J will dead ass yourself and get heavy real quick. I mean, those guys, it's totally irrelevant. You can try to make yourself as heavy as possible. There's zero to that, but Sotnam is completely in another stratosphere. And I know that youth, nothing replaces youth as far as the strength and dexterity. But Conrad, when we did that the very first time, I'm looking at him. And Jay is, what, 235-ish, probably. He's a little, I'd say he's heavier than me, 235. I don't know, 220, 225, 230, whatever he's not, he is. He's not a small man. He is not a small man, and he's thick. Yes. Uh, so, so, yeah, he, he's not a skinny guy. Um, when you when I saw him in his arms, and I could tell, I could read both of them. I was like, yeah, Jeff, jump on up here. I'm thinking. Okay, here comes 225. Let's see what happens. It's, if you, I'm glad you called it the Andre. I mean, it's literally like having two babies. Uh, but like all, all me and Jay need is like bottles of milk. <laughs> I mean, 
Conrad, it's it's unbelievable his strength. You think about a guy who is standing outside and he had both of our weights at the same time. Um, yeah, it, it is superhuman strength. People are just now kind of understanding what they're witnessing. And look, he is developing in front of everybody's eyes. Um, you know, uh, years ago, Andre got to cut his teeth in Montreal and territories and go to Japan and match after match after match after match. Because it goes without saying, when Andre walked through the curtain for the very first time, certainly when Sodden walked through the curtain for the first time, I mean, you're judged, you're viewed, you're looked at. I mean, we talked a little bit on this podcast, but in the promoter's son, you've, you've got eyes on you just to go like, how's he going to be? And Dustin Rhodes or Cody and, you know, second generation and third generation folks can, can always be judged. I call it harshly and rightly so, but when you're seven, four size 22 shoe, of course you're going to be judged, but his strength and his dexterity and how he's progressing. We are witnessing something very, very special. There's no doubt in my mind um, that we are seeing a, a truly not just unique because of his size, but because of his, athletic ability and i truly believe he came to the states early early in, in his life and has had coaching and mentoring around him if he continues on the path to be coachable and listen and dig in and do the work sky's the limit there's no doubt in my mind just capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good companies like bank of america which just earned the just capital seal Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. I can't wait to see what's next for him. And I can't wait for us to, uh, pay tribute to your dad. We'll have a chance to talk about that next week here on the show. A little more when you are a tag team champion, we're going to wheel that shit into existence. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump right into it. We're going to pick up a conversation that we ended about a month ago. Uh, I guess we'll call this, um, your TNA returned. This is a continuation from what we talked about before. And one of the things that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about is how much interaction did you have with Anthem? I mean, I know for sure that you've got a contact there and we've talked a little bit about that, but are you dealing with the whole team at Anthem or is it sort of all just a, an interpersonal relationship at this point between the two of it, you? I mean, from day one Ed Nordham, you know, he's the one who originally, um, reached out to me, tracked me down. We came to an agreement, but it was, uh, you know, he reported to Lynn Asper, uh, from the Asper family, super famous. Lynn's father was a incredible pioneer in the, uh, cable and satellite, uh, business, uh, across Canada, among other things. 
but no, um, I, I'm not going to say I work with Lynn day to day, but uh, the CFO, Ed, um, other folks in, in, in the fight uh, organization, um, very closely, Conrad, budgets and, and discussions. And I'd say Ed was in Nashville. I don't want to say every week, but it was close. Several weeks he'd make back to back, but it's certainly he would never go longer than uh, two weeks without being in town. And of course, he's at all the tapings. So th- there was a time from January of 2017, really December, late December 2017, through, uh, I mean, almost till my departure that me and Ed talked multiple times a day. It was that, that much, uh, there was that much communication and, and, and collaboration. There was no, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of, a lot of discussion. One of the other things you guys are going to be discussing is Bruce Pritchard. Oh, man. Uh, this makes the newsletters. Bruce Pritchard is being brought back for a role where he is to appear at the upcoming tapings as one of those people. And this may be as early as the March 9th show being taped on March 2nd. Pritchard is booked for that show right now. Pritchard is only coming in as a television character and will continue his podcasts. In fact, he essentially got the gig because of how strong his podcast numbers were and Jeff Jarrett, hoping that his podcast listeners would start watching TNA. So we've all been wondering, how does this come to be? And is this report true that you were interested in bringing back Bruce instead of Russo, which was the rumor at the time because of podcast numbers. So Conrad, when I read the research a a month or so ago, I remember reading this and I'm thinking, I'm going to flip the switch. I'm going to ask Conrad. So Conrad, I got to ask you, when is the first time you heard that I had reached out to Bruce? Like what you got to. Pull the curtain back for me. This go around on your side, because I I'll get to where I wanted to go and, and look the, the, the budgets and let, let me not jump ahead. Let me ask you uh, that. What'd you hear? Cause this is when, when I right, let's get a set point for my, the, my world listeners. When did something to wrestle with launch? It started the first week of August in 2016 and okay. uh, it started to gain some steam and some momentum. And we actually, um, started our new deal with uh, a big money guarantee and all that jazz in January of 2017. Okay. So I'm actually, believe it or not, we did our first at the time, Megan and I were just dating. She lived in Charlotte. I lived in Huntsville. So we both flew to San Antonio. She brought her daughter. I brought mine. And I remember she and I were checking into the hotel there on Riverwalk. It was Friday, January 27th, 2017. And I got a call from Bruce and he says, can you talk? And I said, yes. And he said, are you alone? And I'm standing by Megan and the girls. So I go, yes. <laughs> Cause like, you know, that counts as alone with whatever he's going to say. Yeah. And he says, you're not going to believe this. I just got a call from Jeff Jarrett. And I said, oh, cool. How's he doing? And he goes, they want me to be a television character for impact. Now to add context to that. Our most downloaded episode, it did like a million listens. Now, listen, the, the way they count listens has changed. There's a new standard in place for podcast listening. So in this era though, people like ourselves and Jericho and Austin, we're all sort of hyping up the numbers because they're just crazy high. Now that they've been standardized, they're more reasonable. Still a million people had listened to that episode. 
And maybe the reason people were so grab were gravitating to it the way they were is because Bruce wasn't as careful or guarded. We all know that Bruce looks at Vince as almost like a father figure type character. They have a relationship that, you know, employment status is not going to change. However, he did not look at Dixie Carter as a mother figure. So boy, he was just double barrel and stuff and just telling the gun blue truth and people gravitated to it in a big way. But there was not a lot positive said about impact in fairness. That was a previous regime. This is not the same set of management. And I think from your standpoint, you and I've never talked about it. It had to be like, if he just got over trashing us and now he's going to come in, we could lean into that. We could play off of this. What really happened? I love that. I cannot believe we've never gone that folks, my world. I've never heard that out of Conrad's mouth ever. Yeah. I knew kind of the the rough, but I definitely know the Bruce situation. So here, here was my thought Conrad in that I knew budgets were not going to be easy. I also knew that just like many, many folks have done through the years, um, you got to shake things up. Uh, and so I had no, like, I want to clear. I had no ill will to anybody there. But I also knew that everybody that was a part of, I'll call it 2016, that was just a complete mess. And I'm going to go all the way back to the, the rebrand. I, I truly believe that when we, and I say we collectively, the, the organization, when they threw TNA out the, the, the initials out the door and, and went with impact, it was a rebrand that was never, never even close to being fully executed because they kept TNA a little bit. I would even tell different folks, if you're going to get away from TNA, get all the way yeah. like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. No. Anyway. So like the, the, we'll call it the rebrand started in 2011 or 12, but just the funk and the impact and, and then all the bad press with the Corrigan and Dixie and all that. So I knew and told Ed in December, Ed, there's a real big branding issue. Uh, in, in so many ways that I, I love the name impact. I remember sitting in uh, holiday in Vanderbilt when we all collectively as a creative team came up with the name of the television show to be called impact TNA presents impact, just like WWE presents raw. I remember all that, but I'm like, there's a lot of rebranding that needs to be done. And we talked about, yeah, the TV show can still be called impact, but there's, we, we've got a lot of work to do. So with all that being said, from a creative perspective, Bruce can talk his ass off. He knows the business. Uh, he had launched the podcast. I wanted to get in and 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 just crank up. Uh, you know, to me, uh, you can say smart marks and internet and Twitter and Facebook and all this. Like, what kind of? Anyway, the audience was out there, and Bruce had created noise uh, on his own. Well, with you, Conrad, I knew that. How can we get uh, Bruce on board? And Bruce, in the very first conversation, I was going to a one of my daughter's basketball game. I'll never forget parking lot uh, over in White House, Conrad, right over another community. Uh, I pulled over to have a conversation, and Bruce kind of came out early. I don't want to do anything behind the scenes. If it's if we're just talking talent, well, I'll just say Conrad is the sales, but I am. I just kind of went, okay, I won't go there. But in the back of my mind, I wanted Bruce on board immediately 
as much behind the scenes as in front of the scenes. Uh, I wanted him as a talent. I knew he could talk. I wanted to kind of create this rebrand. Uh, I don't like when wrestlers are having to deal, and I don't think, you know, as, as a wrestler, you're, you're not going to get it. You're, you're talking about titles and championships and personal issues as kind of a management style. You know, back in the day we did Cornette. But anyway, Bruce would be a great person because he conceptually understood things like that and could sell it and, and could add new creative ideas. to it. Anyway, I wanted him on board bad. And I, I, you know, he's like, well, can we promote the podcast? And I'm like, I want you to promote the podcast. I think it gets, it, it's the best way to blur the lines. Of course, Wade or Dave or whoever you're reading from, you know, the, 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 the you know, they, they kind of latched on, oh, it's because of his podcast. I just say that's a, a part of it. Um, that was just a part of it. I wanted Bruce as the producer. You know, Karen has always said that she's worked with a lot of different pr producers, but Bruce ha it had such a unique skill set. She marveled when Bruce, Br Karen would be watching, and uh, kind of the first time she had really been around that and watching Bruce work with other talent because a good producer uh, accentuates the positive and, and deletes the negative. Bruce knows how to do that. So, uh, yes, Brother Love, I wanted him to be a part of the team immediately, and I was excited when he said, yep. I'll do it. But you knew this whole, I just want to be talent. You knew, all right, I'll just get him around it. He won't be able to help himself. He'll want to be a bigger part of it. Right? Hell yes. That's Bruce. He yes. ain't going to stand on the sidelines. No, ever. No. If he sees no. somebody doing something that he thinks could be better, he can't help himself. He's not going to sit there and be like, okay, I'll just be quiet. No, it's going to come out and then you get yes. the benefit. Yes. So it's also, uh, is reported that Matt Morgan is coming back and Conan, uh, why were these two guys you were looking at to return here? So Matt local in Orlando, uh, I, I, you know, that is not the top reason, but he, you know, no flight, um, had been with the company before I wanted to, you know, do more than a fresh coat of paint. I wanted to just kind of invigorate things. I had success with Matt and I'm looking forward to doing the Rinky King episode, but I had success with Matt when, um, I've worked with him and knew that, okay, he hadn't been on screen. Let's give him a shot. Conan. Um, I don't say a completely different story, but Conan can talk. Um, the LAX vibe was something that I knew it's just raw, authentic, uh, very, very um, topical and obviously hits different demos. Uh, Conan, the existing relationship to the Hispanic market. I wanted Conan to, you know, and we immediately started saying, All right, who's the new LAX? It's it's uh, unique. We'll get to that in a little bit. But wanted Conan to be a part because uh, his mind, first and foremost, and also his uh, relationships and everything that goes with that. Let's, uh, let's also talk about, um, the taping schedule. Meltzer would say Jeff Jarrett's idea is to do four days of taping and shoot six episodes of impact at each taping. So they aren't as far out of date by the end of the tapings. So if you're shooting six hours or six episodes per, uh, set, I mean, this is talk me through the structure here, because one of the things from part one that we struggled with is you acknowledge that you never got a firm budget 
And I think that this is going to be a theme that we're talking through. I wasn't there. You were, but just to say plainly, the Asper family who own Anthem are very, very wealthy folks. However, you don't become a wealthy person by just throwing your money around willy nilly. You're trying to run a proper business. You need to run a P and L. What income do we have coming in? What do we have going out? And how do we get to profit faster? And then how do we create more profit? That's sort of standard. Everybody gets that. However, there was quite an investment here. And I don't know that, you know, you know, all those details, but they spent a lot to get it. And now there's still the whole idea of, all right, we have the quote unquote IP, but this thing's been running at a loss for a while. Right, Jeff. Yeah. And, and, and I'm good callback. Cause that's exactly where I was going with it in that, you know, when you kind of extrapolate out six episodes in four days, Conrad, that's one and a half episodes per day. Yes. That's that, that that's, that's challenging. And you got to create some, a little bit of content around that. So it's, you know, it's, if you really kind of step back and look at it, that's about, you know, one and a half episodes is three hours for sure of content add in, uh, some explosion add in you used, you know, you got to have somewhat of a dark match to, to get the night cranked up. And, um, you have to factor in if you're going to take tryout matches and look at different folks anyway. So getting four hours of content in one night to me is about the threshold, uh, of, of pushing the limit. Yes. There's been many times you can do more, but so we ran, Oh, Conrad, uh, you can just imagine how many models we did. Okay, we're going to do four days of taping, six episodes. Let's do five tape, five days of taping, and what's that look like? Six days of taping, you know, all that. Then you go back down the other scale. Trying to let Ed look at numbers, and it, ultimately, that was kind of our, our – it wasn't kind of – that was the deal. Define the dollars, and then let me try to figure out what, what, what the best – uh, way to, to, to spend your money, but they have, you know, it's Lynn's money, Lynn's purse strings. And Ed was in charge that in and of itself, uh, these kind of conversations hindsight's 2020, but I, I, I didn't understand it then. And I don't think there's an answer now is, is that they were just kind of feeling their way. And you said it, well, look, you, you, they're very, very wealthy. They weren't going to just continue to put money in. But on the other hand, they never could really define like what are we spending, what are we not spending. Um, they just never really—I don't say a comfort zone—but I was always a little unsure of what, where, you know, what direction are we really going? And yes, they had to pay a lot of folks' bills off just to keep it going yep. you know, from the past regimes. So they had to make. They had to get it back to sea level on, on, on basically paying the bills, not not the past owners. I'm talking about accounts receivable. <laughs> uh, I mean, accounts payable. They they had to make the accounts payable uh, somewhat look good or, or, or get back to sea level. Then they had to figure out what they were going to spend. So, yes, they were pumping in a lot of capital, but it was very, very challenging. But that's where we landed at uh, the four, uh, four days, uh, six shows. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. Let's talk about, I mean, look, clearly that's, um, that's a cost cutting measure to try to do one and a half. You're trying to run a P and L and one of the other reports that come out from the newsletter. And this makes me think, all right, we got to just talk about this right now. There is a full commitment through August and the key things are to get a paying television outlet in the U S and to get a paying television outlet in the UK financially right now. They can't work because the only real money coming in is from India, which isn't nearly enough to run the company. When they had India, UK and us money, they were having problems. And when it was India and UK, the money they were hemorrhaging to the point where it nearly went out of business a few times. I mean, it can go forever if the new ownership is willing to pump money in forever, but at some point they're going to be economic realities. And the key to business is paying television contracts more than anything else. So we're going to talk about how serious it was and how important it was to get television. I want to do that in just a moment. First, what jumps off the page is right now, that seems temporary. There is a full commitment. That means there could be a not so full commitment through August, which implies, Hey, if this isn't happening by August, things are going to change. So from your perspective, when Is this accurate? This report of there's a full commitment through August. Let's just stop there because if that's all there is, when do you find that out? Because I just, me, I say to myself, self, (laughs) if I'm Jeff and I got global force and I'm shopping it, and I think I've got sort of a holding deal with Fox, I'm not going to let that go. If they're telling me right up front, Hey, we're going to try this for, you know, eight months and then we might do something different. Is this report true? And if so, when did you hear you have a full commitment through August? So Conrad, I'll, I'll kind of say this diplomatically. When I heard definitive statements that we need to figure out a plan to get us through the next tapings, not so much we're pulling the plug, but let, let's, you know, take this. I'm all for crawl, walk, run. But when you kind of start throwing, it's funny how uh, the newsletters got a hold of this because there was never a, I don't say long-term, but those type of phrases. But then I'm like, no, what are you going to do? Walk away from the investment? But 
Conrad, you can imagine in those days when I would hear, hear that kind of, kind of speak, first thing I'd do is, well, first thing I'd probably do is go pour me a drink because I was like, what are we really dealing with here? But, but there was never kind of saying, okay, through August, and if it doesn't get something by there, let me back up to, I don't say defend Ed, but, but Anthem, but to kind of give the realities. When me and Ed got into these conversations and he understood the books because Anthem had been in business with TNA Entertainment since 06. I think 06 is when we first did it. Maybe 04, 06, 07, something. You know. So 10 years, uh, Conrad, they, they knew uh, they knew the spike deal. They knew when they lifted up under the hood at one time what the company was generating. So fast forward to 2000, into 2016, they start talking to me is, and I'm out looking for a network deal. And they knew that, okay, here's the Fox holding deal. It certainly, you know, wasn't a done deal, but okay. So they knew I was out in the marketplace, look, you know, talking to, uh, Tom Warner, talking to Viacom, you know, those are the three Viacom, uh, Tom Warner, um, uh, on Fox, yeah, the, the holding deal. Those were the kind of the, the big ones. And there were other meetings with AMC and all kinds of different folks, but, they knew that that was far from a deal. So to get a, a domestic deal was going to be a challenge. And so they were, okay, we've got to kind of figure out, this is where I think that news came from. I think they were trying to figure out if we're not going to get a network deal. Cause I think my holding deal expires sometime in the summer. Um, if we weren't going to get a deal is we need to really figure out the international plan, the cash flow. And as we get into this episode, you'll, uh, it'll make more sense about Mexico and the UK and how we produce content from India that, you know, um, no matter how you slice it and dice it, um, Peacock is the driver for WWE today. And, uh, Warner brothers discovery is the driver for AEW. It's the domestic television deal. If that wasn't going to be a reality, uh, then the deck of cards was going to radically change. That was a moving target. Um, you know, as we get into the episode, we'll, 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 we'll explain why none of that came to be, but I knew that the impact brand was so damaged. You're not going to get a $25 million deal off impact. You just not, that's that, you know, we were on pop and we had gone from spike to this destination America to pop. You're just not going to get a network and say, Hey, here's, X amount of dollars that wasn't going to happen. On the other hand, you got global force, essentially a startup, uh, which was going to be a challenge a as well. So that was, that was the, that's the barrel we were looking down. Does that make sense? Conrad? It does. Uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is, did you feel like you would try to pivot with the Asper family? Did you consider yourself as, Hey, if we can't land it with the impact brand and maybe we can land it with the GFW brand, it doesn't matter no matter what. I want to be in business with the Aspers. The merger was a done deal. Okay. We, okay. We, we had signed, let me say, yeah, we had signed documents, but no money had changed hands yet. Maybe. No, no. I mean, but that the part of the deal was the, 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 the content we had created, the IP, we were putting it all. That's, that's why Hermie Sadler, Karen Jarrett, and a host of others were like, Jeff, don't do this. Right. Don't, don't, don't make this gamble. They were just not for it because I made the decision to 
pardon the pun, go all in with, with both, you know, uh, uh, 5,000 hours of content, all the history, uh, needed some rebranding. And I, you know, had the whole deal with Fox and the startup. And I, that, that was my vision to, um, take the best of the both brands and, and, and get off and running. And I actually had a fallback plan as well. I am not trying to, uh, bring up a sore spot or poke the bear or make you emotional. I'm just trying to add context to this story. At this point in 2017, you referenced when you went in the hall of fame, the following year that you had your ups and downs with your dad, were you guys on an up or a down here? Uh, not a down. Okay. It was, you know, and I've, I've gotten clear in my sobriety, everything gets complicated. What? No, but prior to it. Yes, yes, yes. Pr- prior to it. I'm, you know, I'm not just self-absorbed. I, I've neglected everything except trying to make this work. It consumed me. And that, that, that was the big issue as well. But it, I mean, Conrad, when I tell you it was, all in and laser focused on every little thing as it relates to wrestling, um, did a crappy job at it, but that was my world. So, but we were not on a down, we, you know, we had had our downs, you know, obviously the last two weeks, I've had a lot of time to reflect our down estrangement was, um, really about four, four and a half, five. I mean, true estrangement. Cause when me and Karen got together, do you know this story, Conrad? And this was cause it's all, you know, came back. Um, me and Karen married in 2010 when, when, uh, so early 2010, Karen was trying to understand the dynamics of my family. And she's like, wow, I don't get this. And she's like, let's move on from all this. I said, Hey, I I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, you know, in a lot of ways trying to restart my life. And so I reached out to my mother and my father and that was in 2010. So really 2010 was the first building blocks for me and my dad to reconcile through the, you know, I'm still at TNA 11, 12, obviously my dad and Dixie were super, super sideways and the whole TNA experiment and then launching global force and all that. But we started our reconciliation, didn't spend, I don't say no time, but not enough time. Uh, that have that started in, uh, early 2018. So let's talk about the TV deal. I'm curious from your perspective, you, you've mentioned that you thought it would be really difficult to do because you had had the spike deal and you lost that and blah, 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 blah. What did you think were the real opportunities? If you had to go back to delusional optimist, Jeff, and we'll call it March of 2017. And you know, Hey man, this holding deal is supposed to be up sometime in the summer. So now's my chance to try to lock down a different deal. What did you consider viable options at the time? FS one. Okay. Yeah. I mean that, that would have been the front runner. You know, we, we, there's I'm delusional at times, but not delusional enough to think we were going to get network, but the, the Fox family showed extreme interest. Um, I mean, when you run analytics and data and, you know, have a couple of meetings with eight, 10 folks in the room at the highest level and their interest in it. I did not completely understand the UFC part of the equation. And that was everything. That was completely everything. They were not bringing wrestling on until the UFC decision was completely made. 
So clearly we know the, the, the critical part of this wrestling company's survival and success is the TV deal. Uh, is that pressure getting to you in this point? Like huge in that as much as I could get a read and kind of get understanding. And then we're going to get into it with the, the, I'll just call it the rebranding. I was well aware that impact had an enormous amount of stink on it to this day. Conrad, we've joked about TNA, LOL. I think a better phrase of that is impact. LOL. Yes. Um, and I don't mean that out of disrespect to anything, but, but, but when a lot of fans just have that connotation and, and that's what it was. And so let me, let, I, me let me time out right now and just take it yeah. another step further. I think what we're both saying to use non-wrestling insider lingo is consumer confidence. A lot of people had tried impact and trusted impact and liked impact, but then eventually grew to sour on impact. And perhaps they had soured enough to where they just quit watching. And it's sort of like, if you have a great experience at a restaurant, you'll come back. And then if it's less than great and it's still good, you'll still come back. But if you have enough bad meals at that restaurant, not only are you going to stop coming back, it might be hard to ever convince you to go try it again. And at this point, that's what you're trying to do with impact, right? Is, Hey, try us one more time by God. And to dig even deeper, our little favorite spot, I'm going to throw some love toward G's. If G's our meet and three had a not so great meal once. Yes. And you go back a month later and have not so great, but, uh, you know what? little bit. I did like that pecan pie. So I'll, I'll give it a shot the third time. And that third time you pull in there at lunchtime and there's a laundromat in there and you go, Oh, that's a pretty laundromat. Where'd G's go? Oh, they're on the other side of town. Yeah. Peace. We're going to eat Mexican. So from spike to destination America to pop, it was a real uphill challenge because consumer confidence the messages you're sending is, I mean, that's, you know, I looked at the number last week on AEW, the number one show of cable. It's fantastic. But, but, but TBS, what a fantastic partner because you just, you, anyway, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but, but that was the consumer confidence that the message we sent, they've, they've regressed to locations two networks, however you say it, it really, really was a gut punch in so many ways. It's, uh, it's going to be an uphill battle, man, for sure. You start to integrate, uh, the global force roster right away. Magnus is going to come in holding the GFW title. Of course, this is our pal, Nick Aldis in your mind, because of that LOL TNA stink, I guess we'll call it. Did you think, Hey man, just wipe it clean. Global force is the way to go. I wanted to, to, because I, I, and this was multiple discussions and, you know, we got to do a rebrand here and I wanted to, you got to have the governing body and global force. And we had begun that momentum and we also had the holding deal. The ultimate deal was GFW presents impact, not impact wrestling, just impact. That's the name of the TNA show. And probably, at the, I don't say 
the number one reason, but way up at the top is all of our international accounts understood they never really completely migrated. They still would kind of use TNA. And that was a, a real message for Dixie and Dean and Andy and, and others that wanted to hear that the international partners would say, hey, that's real cool what y'all are doing. We're going to stick with TNA Impact in our market. I hear you. So I didn't want to lose impact in international markets. It, so, it, you know, add the Global Force Wrestling Presents Impact. But Impact was what we were selling, and that's what international partners wanted to hear, and that wasn't going away. It kind of saying we're steadying the ship in this way, blah, 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 blah. That's how we were trying to do the rebrand. Um, and, you know, as far as bringing in talent and titles and all that, that was all creative, and, and we got to it on Slammiversary, but that was the mindset there. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, some other creative decisions you're making quote. They also started an announcer's feud with Jeremy Borash and Josh Matthews. Both were announcing the shows through the last taping for this set of shows, which looks to air on April 6th or so it comes down to the main event on that TV where team JB of Alberto and Chris Adonis and Matt Morgan and Magnus are going to beat team Josh of Lashley and Bram and Eli Drake and Tyrus. The stipulation was that if team Josh lost, he would lose his announcing job. Not sure if JB's job was on the line as well. Morgan pinned Bram with an elbow off the top rope to win it. There was a big celebration after the match. And Josh talked about how bad the fans were and how his wife was probably crying her eyes out. And I was told that even though that reads badly, it was entertaining. And there's a note here. Jeff Jarrett's plan was always to remove Matthews as an announcer, but to do our storyline rather than just pull him. So Josh Matthews, who I know we both think a lot of, uh, has been a polarizing figure at times on social media where he would uh, proclaim himself the best wrestler in the world and of all time and all this great sort of heel guy, guy stuff that he was doing. He knows how to lean into it and rile him up. Did you really want to remove him from commentary? And if so, what was your plans for him? It was part of the rebrand. I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about it is that, it, again, it went much deeper than just kind of slap up. If we're going to change and have a new brand, you know, you just kind of look at however it may be. JR and the King are so branded with Raw. And, you know, when, when one of them went over and did SmackDown for a while, to me, it never did feel right. Mike Tanay and Don West were just kind of being a part of the brand. And Josh, like other pieces of talent, was so attached to, I'll call it 2015 and 16, that I needed to change. Um, I also knew... <laughs> Josh can be a heel when he wants to. Oh yeah. He is really, really elegant talent because he can give off an air. He can work. I'll just say that. I mean, little known fact, Josh was, uh, uh, in the early, early days, I think one or two shows, he was a part of TNA, but no, Josh has, can he, he went wanted when he wants to lean into that part of his personality, he can be super arrogant. So Jeremy, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, they could play this role out. And again, it's all trying to sell the rebrand that, that to, to, to bring the people emotionally in, uh, engaged into it. Uh, and both of them did when we got Slammiversary, I think their match is, is a hidden gem. It goes 
we'll get to it. I mean, it was special. Uh, but those guys did a great job on this. And uh, I don't know how you just said that. Melter said it. It may not read good, but it was entertaining. You ain't kidding. Everybody in the arena was so into it. We were, you know, they were starting their argument at, at, at the desk where nobody could hear. But once we went and flipped the switch and where the whole studio audience could hear kind of the words going back and forth, you go back and watch this. It is so damn good. <laughs> they, they played their roles great. Uh, around this same time, it's written Vince Russo claimed that Jeff Jarrett emailed him and asked him what his podcast numbers were. He said, after doing so, he hasn't heard back from Jarrett. I guess Bruce Pritchard's whose numbers are far better. Got the gig for that reason. Oh, that's the best. Uh, talk to me about Russo. Why'd you email him? Why'd you ask what his podcast numbers? Why didn't you call him back? Awareness. I mean, I wanted to find out like, where do things stand? Um, you know, when Vince was, I'm not saying I was going to, or I wasn't going to, it definitely didn't. Was it just because his podcast numbers, I don't even know if he replied and sent me any numbers that even I could understand. I don't know. But, uh, again, shaking things up, Vince had a storied career, um, with, with, with TNA, um, I'm sure you guys, I don't even recall, but I'm sure you dug in on the TNA episode and Russo was mentioned. Um, Vince can talk on camera. So I'm sure that was under consideration as a part of the rebrand. As it's also reported, uh, Ned, uh, Ed Nordham and Borash go to Monterey, uh, for Raider AS show for AAA. And, uh, how are you going to try to navigate these politics, I guess, is a question for you between AAA and Crash. I guess at the time, they're not getting along very well. And it's been written here midway through the show at Arena Jose. Can't even take yeah. a stab at that word. Dorian and Jeff Jarrett came out to announce publicly that the two promotions were working together. The crowd booed heavily, but that was understandable. Dorian has been a heel as a television character and has always booed. And Jarrett has been coming to AAA for years as an evil foreigner who hates Mexico. Uh, talk to me about navigating Mexican politics here. And that wasn't even completely dialed in. I leaned on Dorian and um, Conan that the crash and I didn't realize the, the bad blood and the Lucha Underground component. I kind of relied on them to, to say, yeah, we can handle this. We can do this or we can't do this. Um, you know, after the fact, I, I began to understand how deep it was, but it's not like we went to Mexico without Dorian's invite and approval and everything that went on with it. Dorian understood Conan, you know, it, it, at this stage of, of the industry, there was obviously the WWE and Cena was rolling. I mean, just, you know, it's, they were, there was no clear Number two, right? There, there just wasn't ring of honor was doing their deal. Impact was doing their deal. Triple a to a lesser degree, but you know, they, they were vibrant in their own country. Um, you know, there were early thoughts of, Hey man, what's going to happen with world of sport in the UK. And there's bubbling over there, obviously Noah in Japan, uh, you know, in Japan, new Japan was the number one, but there were, I, I, my point being, there was no clear number two and me and Conan would have, any discussions on, you know, there's going to be a group of talent that is 
checking all the boxes that it, that's going to have the leverage in a lot of ways to say, I can't sign exclusively with you that I'd rather work in Mexico and Japan and U S and all that. So if, if we're going to kind of, we didn't have enough money impact to sign guys to like completely exclusive deals. So let's figure out how all of us should work together. Uh, and I also thought it would be very compelling content and super, super different, a big time alternative to the corporate. And I say that with respect, the corporate content that's being produced by the WWE. Well, let's talk about, um, the other piece of business here outside the tent TNA is going to go out of their way to pull the Hardys from appearing at the ring of honor pay-per-view. Um, this is interesting because you're sort of in an all again, off again, hokey pokey type relationship with them. It's clear that it's not going well. They're probably not going to be re-signed. I guess maybe you're trying to have them follow to the letter of the law and you don't want to be promoted as promoted as appearing on the ring of honor pay-per-view. Is this a, you call, is this somebody else making the call? So Ed, obviously we had conversations about it, but it was Ed a hundred percent because I, I, I'm like, Ed at some point, And this is you know, so we're now we're getting into WrestleMania season, right? Jeff Hardy, not too much Matt, because I was trying to talk to Jeff mainly. But his silence began to tell me everything, not calling back, not texting back. And I mean, for days and I'm, I got frustrated. Yep. Um, not thinking clearly most of the time, but that silence was an answer. That silence was a message, but Ed kind of held out hope, but he also clearly told me over and over, they cannot appear. It's written in the contract. It's this and that. And I said, then Ed, you've got a decision to make. If if you truly believe your contracts are, you know, he's the lawyer. He's a mergers and acquisition attorney. That's that is what Ed Nordholm and been super successful for a lot of years uh, in his role. Um, so if you interpret it that way, then you act accordingly. However, you see fit. It was Ed's call. I never could get the clear, clear, clear directive on. What is the end result and and that that you're going for? Because what I want is the Hardys to be on our roster and you know have first priority. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. That was never going to be an option. I don't know how far out they were talking to WWE, but again, the silence told me everything. Were you surprised watching WrestleMania to see them run out? Not really. Yeah. I mean, I can't sit here and say yes, I knew they were going to be here that day. But again, I'm going back to my relationship with Jeff. Um, you know, we take family vacations together and party together through the years and all that. Just the, the non-answer told me. They ain't, they, here. They ain't coming. Yeah, well, here, here's kind of connecting the dominoes. They're moving on. And if it was just Ring of Honor, I kind of think they would be saying, how do I get paydays for both companies? That's right. That was kind of, but I mean, we're talking zero response, uh, which frustrated me. I mean, me and Jeff talked about it since it, it, I was just like, dude, if you could have just said, shut up or it ain't happening or wh- whatever it was F off. But the total silence said, 
there's just more to this than them getting a ring of honor payday. Cause it wasn't like ring of honor. Look, they'd been around since the day TNA was on it. So it, it wasn't like they were on this rocket ship trajectory. Like they were going to, you know, get a new TV deal or prime time or an infusion of capital. So it just didn't add up. Uh, but Ed, you know, I, I'll give him this. He, uh, had the balls and did what he believed was right. I don't think he maliciously, and I know Matt and, and Ed, you know, um, hugged and kissed and made up, but, but Ed did what he thought was right. Let's, uh, let's talk about doing what we think is right. And that's putting a smile on our wife's faces with hello fresh. Here is the deal. Okay. We all made these new year's resolutions. We're going to eat better. We're going to spend more time with family. We're going to do all that stuff, right? Well, those new year's goals, how you doing with them so far? Cause HelloFresh wants to help make it easy to eat well and save money. They're going to help you cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and help you get started with HelloFresh. You're going to love to learn how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant quality meal, right in your own kitchen. I got a ton of different meals. When I say a ton, I mean like over 35 weekly recipes that can be ready in less than 15 minutes. I mean, everything from steak and potatoes to falafel power bowls to pork and bean burritos, they've got something for everybody. Whether you're trying to, you know, cut out your carbs, maybe you're trying to add some proteins, or maybe you're looking for a veggie dish, whatever it is, hello, fresh is America's number one meal kit for a reason. They make it easy been my experience. I'll tell you what, my wife could not believe when hello fresh came and she went to open the box and I said, well, hang on, I'm going to come cook with you. That's a little pro tip from your old boy, Conrad T he's double J I'm Conrad T it's going to save time. It's going to be cheaper. It's going to taste better. It's better for you. And oh, by the way, your wife really wants to do it with you. I'm just telling you, I can't recommend it enough. In fact, when you ask yourself self. How much cheaper is HelloFresh? Well, it's cheaper than grocery shopping. Cause you know, none of us really know how much to buy. We always wind up throwing out some stuff and it's 25% cheaper than takeout. How do you beat that? 25% cheaper than takeout. Check it out for yourself. Just go look at the menu. It costs nothing to look. Go to hellofresh.com slash myworld22. Use our promo code myworld22 for 22 free meals plus free shipping. You heard me 22 free meals. When you go to hellofresh.com slash myworld22 and use our promo code myworld22, you'll get 22 free meals plus free shipping at hellofresh.com slash myworld22. America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Uh, so Jeff, let's talk a little bit about, um, can, I, can, I, yes, can I give you a quick testimonial? Yes, please do. True story. At catering at Universal Studios Orlando, it yeah. was me and four production guys. We're sitting down. The food was very good. Uh, the guy was talking about him being on the road and I won't get long winded here, but all of a sudden this guy brought up the fact that he now gets his groceries delivered to his house and he was bragging and this and that. And another fellow at the table says, well, you know what I do? I couldn't, he says, hello, fresh. And he says, I have my meal plan. He said, I, cause of the way his schedule. And he said, it's a hell of a lot cheaper. And I, and I'm the one who go, now, wait a minute. It's cheaper than the grocery. He goes, here's the deal. 
a Muller Road, whatever. His two meals a week, and he just gets kind of the basics for the the other stuff that he eats during the week. And I'm, he goes, and he, you could tell he's a budget guy, and by the penny and all this. So, hello, fish man. The word is spreading, folks. That's my testimonial that I heard it straight up from a production uh, feller. And excuse me, but it um, it's delicious. Karen loves it, and uh, man, she made the best gluten free meal the other night. Uh, my daughter. Uh, it needs to go gluten-free, but it was, uh, anyway, chicken and pasta. It was great. It's really, really good. Can't recommend it enough. Y'all for real, go check it out. Use our promo code. You'll be glad you did. Um, let's talk about a press release and it's going to announce a quote unquote alliance. Anthem's goal is to become the alternate in wrestling to WWE and is willing to work with anyone to achieve that goal. They want their fight network to air every major league aside from WWE and the companies WWE has a strong working relationship with it's unique because it appears impact will be booking talent to warring promotions. And we use talent from warring promotions, AAA needed TNA for the world cup. Since Noah is affiliated with the crash and ROH with CMLL and TNA ROH and Noah alongside the Japanese women's groups for all the key companies worked with in the previous tournaments which were all some of AAA's biggest events in the last few years. No specifics were announced for the deal. Although one would expect impact talent to start appearing on AAA major shows like triple mania is tricky because that would mean the same people could be sent to AAA and crash shows or would impact send certain talent only to AAA and others only to crash. So let's talk about this Alliance you're trying to, and this feels like a Jeff move, bring everyone together. Hey guys, none of us by ourselves or any competition for WWE. So if we stop killing each other and work together, maybe we'll all make more money and together have a bigger piece of the pie than WWE just sort of monopolizing it all. Is that pretty much it? That simple that, that, you know, and yeah, it it was truly that simple. And I knew, uh, I didn't go as far as far in my delusional thoughts, Conrad is look, we, we don't need to figure out how we're going to, you know, the, I think it's so hard. Hey, we're going to run the same angles, you know, in, in Memphis, uh, Memphis, in, in Mexico and, 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 and impact and all that, but keep characters at least integrated. And, you know, there was, uh, because at the end of the day, we're all in the business of content creation. So if we could go to Mexico with our talent and maybe shoot two or three matches or, or, backstage segments, what anyway, create content in Mexico. It just makes the, everybody's content better. So if we show triple a on impact and impact scene on triple a and same with Noah, but they, you know, they're not as much in the TV game, but there's a way there's, there's ways to work together, but also there's ways to make money, but there's also ways to save money. Uh, and that was kind of the impetus of, of, of it all. And also talent, the top talent, um, could make to me a heck of a lot more money. Well, we know that you're trying to be uh, Switzerland here, but there's some issues with Conan. And part of that is that he's a big part of impact and he's a character. Meltzer would write this sources with knowledge of the situation. say they believe Conan was put in a bad position because now he's now a key character on impact, but they double crossed him and working a deal with his enemy while still working with the company. In addition, there's the question of the legalities because of those with knowledge of the factory made contracts with AAA, as not just holding the exclusive Lucha underground contracted performers on us television, 
but with all AAA characters. Impact started the alliance, and it will include talent exchanges between the promotions and quote unquote other opportunities to collaborate with each other in their respective markets. Man, listen, I understand the spirit of what you're trying to do, but even you probably didn't realize how difficult that was going to be with all of these emotions and existing relationships here and yawn, right? I did. I mean, the Lucha underground component. Now the crash, I didn't realize how deep all of them were. And I think sometimes the, 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 the journalist wrestling journalists like to make a new story and make things bigger than they were. And I think that's part of the story here. But on the other hand, I, I didn't understand the heat in Lucha underground and triple a and just how divisive that relationship had become. Um, but nothing was unsurmountable, but, but it was a little bit of a headache here and there. And we, I think we, did we talk about it last issue that we had to digitize Marty Elias? I mean, a referee, we had to take him out of our content, uh, because I yeah, that was last episode when we talked about pop saying, get him out. You know, we didn't want to cause our network, uh, partners, any problems. And, um, that was, that was, is a mess. It was, it was very, very divisive with Lucha underground folks. I, um, I want to talk about world of sport because you officially announced world of sport tapings for May 25th and 26th and impact it's written here. Impact will be handling the wrestling end of things and produce a 10 episode series. And from what are, what I understand, most likely the decision regarding making it a full-time series will be made in about three weeks, depending upon the ratings and reaction for the first two or three shows. As noted before, the show will air at 5 PM local time on Saturday, the same time slot it did in the show's heyday. And the working idea if everything falls into place would be for Jarrett and Anthem to be in charge of impact in the U S the Indian television show on Sony six, the world of sport TV show on ITV and an English language AAA show for the U S market, which will be tricky because most of the top AAA guys couldn't even appear on that show due to the Lucha underground deal. The AAA show is the only deal that hasn't been announced yet. We haven't spent a ton of time on today's program talking about world of sport. Can you talk about what a big deal that was and what the plans for it were, why you had high hopes for it? Just all that jazz, man. I was what could have been, uh, man, what could have been. So, um, world of sport originally aired in the sixties and seventies, even to the early eighties on ITV in the United kingdom, ITV, uh, for you U S folks. And I hope my Brit buddies don't get uh, upset at me, but just kind of think ITV is a com- combination of maybe ABC and NBC. It's massive. It is a, the biggest general entertainment network. Uh, world of sport aired Saturday afternoons. It was a tradition kind of think TBS six Oh five here in America, um, made lots of stars. Uh, it was the program. It was, you know, taken off and soon, uh, on sky WWF came along and that became really the number one promotion for years and years. ITV made the commitment to reboot world of sport. Um, for me, uh, and I'll say really my family's history to, to get to be a part of it and the timing of everything with stuff we've kind of said, okay, we're, we're, we're rebranding the, the domestic, uh, situation is cloudy at best, uh, as far as launching or getting a deal, whether it's GFW or whatever it may be. Um, it was just going to be a challenge, but 
having a wrestling show uh, on ITV uh, that was going to be able to feature talent was a really big deal because not just the exposure, but live events and the positioning and, you know, an ITV successful show, who knows, it could have uh, come to America and aired in America. I mean, there was so much potential upside. Uh, so with us on uh, us, TNA Anthem at the time, Sony, uh, which is the broadcaster of WWE right now, but Sony in India, ITV in the UK, um, AAA Mexico had really strong content in the, in America. Uh, I still think there's going to be a, a true breakthrough at some point of a Lucha Libre promotion here in the United States. But that was kind of the goal that, okay, all of a sudden we're potentially four different major broadcasters. Uh, there's something here and world of sport. We went over and did the press conference, obviously premature because the deal, what was it done? But everybody was heading into that direction. We made a ton of noise and well, Conrad making so much noise, uh, woke the sleeping giant. I mean, NXT UK, without question, was a response to World of Sport. There's, I mean, they signed talent. It was, it was a definite reaction uh, to World of Sport. Well said. I think we all kind of know that. Um, Meltzer would eventually say, obviously the issues with the Hardys and Anthem are far from settled. The Hardys cut a video completely in their broken character, holding the TNA tag team title belts and throwing them in the lake of reincarnation and then pulled out the ROH belts with the idea that they are the bigger brand and that the TNA belts are meaningless. Now, boy, this felt personal. What'd you think? Oh, creative uh, as far as that, but yeah, it was definitely personal when Ed, you know, pulled the trigger and we've already kind of discussed that. Um, it definitely got personal. The thing that was a little, what if they were already going to Vince and I, you know, it, it, it was obviously their response. Um, it was what it was. I mean, it was, it was a good joust. There's no doubt about it. Um, how was it helping their program? I, I, I get that. Uh, I get it, but, but I, just the, the end result, where are they going with that? If they are already going to WWE, that's my point. It's not like it's going to have a big payoff feels personal. Oh, no, it was, that's what I'm saying is yeah. it, it was, and I get that. Yeah. I mean, it was, they took it personal that, that, you know, um, was it a season? Is it whatever the, the legal yeah. thing is when Ed sent that it got real personal to them. It wasn't personal to Ed. He literally was trying to protect Lynn Asper's ass. Uh, uh, and that was kind of the, the internal talk. Ed felt he owed it to his role and his responsibility to Lynn. You're continuing to uh, navigate these interpromotional stuff and, uh, and, and continue to promote it as well. Um, Meltzer would write that you're going to Mexico for the triple mania press conference on the 18th of April here. And, uh, that you carried an EC three, are going to be in the UK to promote the launch of impact on spike UK, which debuts on April 22nd is the, by April here is the stress catching up with you. 
Uh, I mean, it, it started in December, Conrad. The reality was, because again, internally, we've already said it, but you know, my home life or personal friends were against this. Okay. So I'm kind of going against the grain there. And then as I get in, you know, the, the lack of defined budgets, but again, I'm, I am rationalizing everything in my mind. It's a growing process. It's a feeling out. We're getting to know each other. It's a, uh, we're building each other's trust, all that. But yeah, the, tr the, 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 um, the, the, the stress just, I mean, it's on a graph Conrad, um, there was more stress in January. There was in December, there was more stress in February. There was in January. It kept going up, no doubt. But you mentioned a little thing here, uh, which was, is a real bright spot because spike Viacom owned, obviously, uh, launched a spike channel in the UK and they wanted us all. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal because show some success over in the UK with our numbers. Who's to say that spike may not say we may not give you two hours on Thursday night, but let's go back to square one and we'll give you an hour on Saturday night with a licensing fee. That's it, wasn't too far of a stretch. You're still going to get in the game, right? That's it. Yeah. And it wasn't too far of a stretch. So that was a big, the UK buzz. And it's funny how in 2023, the same opportunities globally are right there for the taking. Yes. They, they absolutely are, are there. But when you look at kind of the, the seeds that I thought were being planted and again, I screwed it up bad in August, September and October, but life happens and, here we are today, but, uh, it was a big deal. World of sport was a big deal and our spike UK, um, uh, uh, debut and the numbers were good right out of the gate. Well, let's talk about, uh, your next announcement here. It's the AAA is going to have talent on the slam anniversary show in uh, July and that you're going to have a bunch of talent going to triple mania, uh, in Mexico city on August 26th and somewhere along the way. There's a backstage argument that even I heard about at the time quote, oh boy. there was a big backstage argument at the tapings on April 23rd. And it started with Karen Jarrett and Bob Ryder, and then escalated to Jeff Jarrett and Bob Ryder. The first argument was over Ryder forgetting to book a hotel room. Jeff and Ryder's argument was apparently very heated. And it appeared at the time that Jarrett was going to fire him. Jeff told him to leave the tapings, which he did in the middle of the show. But after the tapings were over. Both were back in the office in Nashville, working like nothing had happened. And this rumor got out and, uh, well, Bob Ryder was battling cancer at the time and everybody knew that. And there was talk that perhaps maybe there was some alcohol consumed that day. Uh, chat me up. What really happened here with you and Bob Ryder? There was maybe Conrad, are you being diplomatic here? <laughs> well, I didn't want to say Jeff was drunk, but the word I got was Jeff was drunk and got in a shouting match with Bob Ryder and maybe punched him in his arm. And I thought, I don't think Jeff punched anybody, but I believe the rest, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 hey, we're, we're splitting ears here. I wasn't drunk. I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I love you for that. Truth be known though. And look. To, to, to give just the, the quick version, me and Bob uh, hit it off in WCW. Um, Bob, day one of TNA, you know, day two of TNA, uh, as far as really putting it together when money was invested. Look, 
my first wife decorated his apartment, moved him up here. So me and Bob, like way, way, way back OGs. If you know Bob, you know Bob. Uh, as we got in and, and Bob saw me and Dixie have our, um, we'll just say, ha- have our uh, go-arounds. Um, you could, whichever way the wind blew, Bob would, and look, I get it. Job security, hanging on. I'm not, I'm just saying that was the, the, the reality of the fact. And come to this situation. Um, well, hang on. It sounds like you're saying Bob Ryder. Let me just plain speak. Bob Ryder was political and you felt like he should have, you wished he would have been on your side. And at times you felt like he wasn't always on your side and you got in your feelings about that. So Bob was fired three separate times by Dixie Okay, and me, me and Andy Barton got him rehired every time. Okay. There are other members. And, and I would just say, Bob, you know, I got your back, but dude, I want you to have my back too. Oh, well, that's well, not unfair. Yeah. I mean that, that was kind of the whole premise. So fast forward to this occasion, um, there was a, he was at the funeral of the day, a guy who's helped with the ring and he helped me set up the ring from day one. Bob never liked him. And, um, he came and was said, I don't have a hotel room and you know, mistake one of a gazillion or for this instance, I said, Karen, go handle it. Right. Well, Bob said, I'm not getting him a room. Ed Nordham has given me authority to run travel. And that was the message. And I'm like, Bob, this guy's gotten a room. So anyway, it was over a freaking, because we had a rate of $49 hotel room. I said, I'll pay for it. You know, it was, it, it, it was so silly, uh, silly, 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 silly. But Bob dug in and. I'm just like, Bob, don't do this. Well, I'm not doing it. I said to Bob, the hell you aren't going to get him a room. And he didn't. I said, then get that out of here. <laughs> and look, by what the time we got back to Nashville at Skyway, we were fine. I mean, because we had had, we had been, th- there was so much water under the bridge. I mean, when Bob's mom passed, uh, I mean, just, there's so many different personal, our, our relationship was so beyond business. So beyond business, uh, you know, deep discussions through the years, um, agree to disagree, but he dug in on a $49 hotel room and I did too. And that is the reality. And that's how silly it was, but that's what happened. Conrad, we tell it all here on my world. Why'd you punch a cancer patient, Jeff? <laughs> He's some bullshit. Oh, God. Oh, goodness. Uh, uh, Meltzer would write this. The company released agents, Al Snow, Pat Kenny, and Shane Helms this past week, which is clearly budget cutting. Pat Kenny, 49, has been with the company since 2003. Snow started at the end of 08, and Helms, 42, started in 2015. They're going with Sanjay Dutt and Abyss as the agents, since they can double as wrestlers. Dutt is tight with Jeff Jarrett and is in charge of finding the top unsigned talent and rebuilding the X division amongst other things. This is something that you got to do from time to time, a cost cutting measure, if you will. Uh, what do you remember about this unfortunate release for Al snow, Pat Kenny, and our friend Shane Helms? Uh, it was look, uh, we've documented like regime change and talent and, and all of that, but this was not a part of my original plan that, okay, this is going to send the wrong message. Shane, Pat, they're very good at what they do. Al, they're good. 
let's not do that. But then all of a sudden, again, the moving target of Anthem and budgets are not budgets. It's brought up. Well, look, you've got Sanjay and Abyss on creative, which they were on creative. Why, th- why can't they be producers in Orlando? Because they're going to wrestle. <laughs> because, nope, can they? So it, it was a numbers game. And whoever, who wrote that? Wade, Wade, it doesn't matter. Wade, uh, if he documented it, he's right. It was strictly a budget cut because that moving target and you have to reduce numbers. Okay. You know, those guys, I hate to say it, were just producers at the time. Shane had done some stuff, I think, but uh, it was, okay, it's a numbers game. Well, let's talk about uh, something that's a numbers game for me and you, and that's meat, daddy. We're talking about backyard butchers. Of course, you were butchering the roster back then, but uh, the backyard butchers, they're still bringing you the best steak, pork, and chicken you can get. And in bulk meat prices that beat the grocery store, I can't believe it's real. But if you've been looking for something to throw on the grill and you want a good deal and you don't want to have to think about it, why not load up with our friends at Backyards Butchers? They're offering 15% off plus free shipping and four free ribeyes for life with every subscription. You just go to backyardbutchers.com, use our promo code MyWorld, and bam, they're going to hook you up. Now, let me explain. You don't have to sign up for a subscription. That's not required, all right? But you will save some cash and you will get four free ribeyes for life. I'm going to encourage you to just try it. See what you think. But I'm telling you, once you try them, you're going to be back because the price is great. And so is the taste. It's everything you're looking for steak, pork, and chicken right here from the middle America farms, the heartland of America, all responsibly sourced and delivered right to your door. And it's going to show up seriously in an eco-friendly insulated box. It's fresh. It's safely packaged, but more important, it's cheaper than the middleman grocery stores. It's still hundred percent American beef, pork, and chicken. So what are you waiting for? Check it out. You're going to love it. And once again, there's no membership required. There's no subscription required, but if you do choose to subscribe, you can cancel anytime, but you won't because you're going to love the price, the ease, the quality, and the taste of the steak, pork, and chicken from backyard butchers. So why not get 15% off plus free shipping? And I can't believe this part's real Four free ribeyes for life. Y'all, that means if you go subscribe right now with your subscription, you'll get four free ribeyes for life. Every time you get a new order, four of them steaks are free. Not four steaks, just one time for free, but with each delivery. How do you beat that? That's four free premium restaurant quality, juicy ribeyes, all because you use the promo code MYWORLD and got yourself free shipping and got yourself 15% off. You're going to thank me later. Visit backyardbutchers.com, click on the online shop and order. Remember, no subscriptions, no memberships necessary, but why wait? Get your hands on some of the best steak, pork, and chicken you'll ever taste and make your next steak night an event to remember. It's backyardbutchers.com. The promo code is MyWorld. You'll get 15% off. You'll get free shipping and you'll get four free ribeyes for life at backyardbutchers.com. Hey, so listen, you mentioned, uh, Mr. Helms earlier. I'm curious, was the decision to release him even remotely tied to the Hardys? Cause I know they're zero. boys. Okay. It, it, just because not only zero, because I'll, I'll, I'll give it from history speaking that don't punish a guy because of a friendship. You know, that was silly, silly. 
Well, we know Sanjay and Abyss are here to stay. And Meltzer would say that the fact they're starting to have to let people go when they already had a skeleton crew to begin with is not a good sign. It's not a good sign for Anthem's ability to grow the company. As far as the choices went, quote, Jarrett's going to want his people in. And Helms is closely aligned with the Hardys who aren't there anymore. So you just shot that part down. I think everybody knows though, when you get a new head coach, you do bring in your people. Sanjay and Abyss are your people. I get that. But when you're being told, Hey, we got to cut the budget. We got to let some people go. And yet you've still not gotten a budget. What's your frustration level on a scale of one to 10? Oh God. What month are we? April? Yep. Because by after, well, it was seven or eight on a scale of one to 10. It was really getting up there because it was on the one hand, the optimism and so close that, oh man, we could, you know, just the, uh, there was a lot of, as we're kind of going through it, there was a lot of upside, the spike deal, the world of sport, the potential in Mexico, Noah wanted to do stuff. Um, you know, obviously I'm going to believe the content was getting better, but we were, you know, settling the storyline. I mean, the addition of Bruce, um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, uh, Alberto, um, masters. Um, I mean, there, there was a, a LAX, those kids, I call them kids, uh, at the time. I mean, we had a, I love the, I love what was being built as the roster. I absolutely loved it. Bobby Lashley. And we started using Dan Lambert in the MMA vibe, MMA vibe, America's top team. Um, there were a lot of moving parts, the Steiner and abyss and that kind of comedy and, and cinematic and everything was going on. Uh, again, um, I've said it several times on this, uh, podcast, one of the top five favorite shows I've ever been a part of, part of was Slammiversary 2017. It was really, really a special show because under extremely stressful circumstances, um, it, it, it all came together. Don West and Robert Flores as, as the commentators, um, but man, Conrad to answer your question, um, the stress level was skyrocketing. This is uh, a fun time to be on the outside observing what's going on with the company, but I can't imagine from the inside. Meltzer would have this to say. There's a ton of frustration with the reality that as long as they're on pop TV, their numbers are pretty limited in what they can draw. But what the numbers they're getting and it being pro wrestling with its lack of appeal to advertisers, these numbers make it even harder to get a bigger outlet. Citing what you used to do with spike got them pop, but in the TV world, spike is so many years back now that it's ancient history on a scale of one to 10. How frustrating was the pop deal? It just, it was non-existent as far as revenue. It, I mean, it just, it, it was, it was, an, it was an outlet. Um, we were producing content for the lack of a better word to for the international markets, that's where all the revenue was coming from. The pop revenue was non-existent, uh, or, you know, I mean, just tiny, tiny minimal. Um, but it kept the train on the tracks, uh, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it kept the train on the tracks, uh, in so many ways. Did you feel like you could dig out of this? Now, what do you think? Well, you're a delusional optimist, but I'm wondering when did that pendulum swing? Was there a point where you thought, man, I want this to be that I want this to happen, but I. It's not gonna, do you remember losing faith or confidence in it at any point or all the way to the end? You were, I can pull the nose up. 
I don't, I never lost confidence, but you know, uh, again, I've said this several times on this podcast alone, hindsight's 2020, my, I'll call it my day drinking Conrad. I was not in my right mind, uh, August on. I just wasn't, it was, it was, you know, end of October is when I went into treatment. So August on, uh, the pressure was through the roof. Um, I'm sure with, you know, my personal situation, but me having to get up every day and knowing that multiple folks in my inner circle never said it, but it goes without saying, like, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Uh, and that, you know, that, uh, set of circumstances, um, war on you. It, it, wore, it wore on me that the realities of, you know, and I'll never know, but I could tell that w- the way the Fox, uh, holding agreement kind of dissipated in that they never said it, but it goes without saying Did they kind of look at it and say, mm, not sure we want to be associated with that brand, y- you know, uh, because the, Hear me out. In December, I went to them and said, here's what I'm thinking. Does this affect anything? Nope, not at all. Matter of fact, we understand that. And hey, that'd be pretty interesting. Get this library with all this and existing revenue. And we can kind of figure that they were, they were totally for it. Well, fast forward seven, eight months later, I couldn't help but think, how did they eventually view this? Now, it's the UFC situation, but at the time I just wasn't sure Conrad. So it, it was really, really, really weighing on me. Well, we're going to talk about how it all came to an end, uh, on another episode of my world. Uh, don't forget. You can watch all of this great stuff, including all the now infamous Hardy deletion stuff, the revamp here, even our buddy Bruce being the man in charge over at impactwrestling.com forward slash packages. Be sure to use the promo code Jeff. That's impactwrestling.com forward slash packages. The promo code is Jeff. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a pretty fun time in 2008 next week here on the program. Before we do, I want to remind everybody that over at adfreeshows.com, not only do you get early ad free access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts starting at just nine bucks, but you can also be a part of our live studio audience. I want to give a quick shout out to those guys, but I want to make sure that, you know, you can be one of them next week. You see, you can enjoy the first week of ad free shows completely free. Go sign up for a free trial and get a taste of what ad free shows is all about. Start your free trial today at adfreeshows.com. This week, we just launched a brand new series called Monday mailbag with Nick Patrick. You've heard Ooh. Monday mailbag for a long time with Mike Kyoto. Now you get the stories from the other channel. All things NWA and WCW. And of course he spent some time with WWE too, but talk about a legendary referee, Mr. Nick Patrick, now a part of adfreeshows.com. And if you want to watch some cool old school wrestling, it doesn't get better than ad free shows. Jim Ross recently sat down to do a watch along of the shy town rumble with Ricky, the dragon steamboat and uh, the incredible Ric Flair. You can enjoy that with JR's new commentary of what really happened, what it was like that day, what the tone and tenor was with Flair and Herd and everything in between. At adfreeshows.com. Plus, Kurt Angle recently sat down and watched his match with Cody Rhodes from 2016. That's when Cody had just walked away from WWE 
and they hooked up outside of the WWE. Kurt watches that footage back and we know how that story ended with Cody, or I guess maybe we'll find out at WrestleMania. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to everybody who came and ch- hung out with us today over at adfreeshows.com. I know Josh is with us and coach Rosie's with us and the Novius Mac is with us and John is with us and on and on and on. Greatly appreciate everybody, Adam and the rest of the crew for hanging out. Keith, what's up to you? And thanks everybody for turning out and being a part of what we're doing here. We got a couple of questions from the peanut gallery today, Jeff. Here's one. Uh, Josh wants to know if a time slot and day of your choosing would have been available to you on a TV deal. What day and time would you have preferred? Oh gosh. I don't know when, what night SmackDown was on at the time. Do you Conrad? I'll Tuesday. Top of your head. I was thinking that D- definitely the, the, the Thursday night slot that impact really grew into. And yes, you have NFL football. I get that. But, um, that Thursday night slot did us a lot of good, um, for a lot of reasons. I, I'm sure it would have been a Thursday night. Well, why, why not Wednesday? Did you, why did you view Wednesday as a, I mean, listen here in the South, you and I both live in what's known as the Bible belt down here. That's quote unquote church night in some circles, but is that it? Why not Wednesday night? Because Tony doesn't get on Wednesday night until 2019 and Wednesday seems to be wide open with no NFL competition, no college football competition. Why not Wednesday night? So good question, Conrad. I, I look, um, I wasn't uh, completely did the research in my brain, but um, Wednesday night, what did they have on Wednesday nights as far as sports? Uh, the the TNT always was Tuesday, Thursday uh, basketball. I guess, I, for lack of a better word, is it was the traditional night that we had success with. Um, okay, that'd be that's fair. Answer. That's a good yeah. answer. Me, that's the short answer. I just didn't know if you had a hard on for Wednesday nights. I mean, I know oh, you know, you, you didn't No, never. I mean, Wednesday night pay-per-view we started, you know, that's when we started the company on Wednesday nights. Do you think if you tried, you could get a hard on on Wednesday night? Uh, let's talk to Mick Foley and see if he can articulate the hot tag because he's known to know how to do a hot tag. Correct. It's like a hot tag for your wiener. It's blue chew. And if you haven't used it already, what are you waiting for? Here's a little pro tip. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to throw down a challenge to Mr. Jeff Jarrett. I want him and Jeff, I want him and Jay lethal rather to show these boys. Who's boss this Wednesday night, tomorrow night, tomorrow night. Let's get a one shot of Jeff again here tomorrow night on AWTV, Jeff Jarrett. I want you and Jay lethal. Maybe you find out what segment you're on. Maybe they're going to put you on the crossover. That's where they put all the big stars. We know. <laughs> and maybe you say at the start of the show, when you hear that pyro go off, you say to yourself, self, I'm going to get some blue chew and I'm going to make sure Jay takes his and you guys take your blue chew together. And then when you strut your ass down that ramp, you can just let everybody know who the real king of the mountain is. You can let everybody know who the real last outlaw is. Who gets their ding dong hard on purpose before they go on TV? Jeff Jarrett, that's who. Jeff Jarrett's going to be rock hard this Wednesday night. We can take it off Jeff now. He's uncomfortable. Hey, by the way, we're going to get Saturn to do it on pay per view. So if you want to see what that hog looks like, (laughs) be sure to get it on pay per view this Sunday night. Blue Cheese is a unique online service, boys and girls. It delivers the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. 
Take blue chew anytime, day or night. So be, you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA. They prepare and ship directly to your door, all in a discreet package. But with Bluetooth help, there won't be anything discreet about your package. And I'm encouraging you to be a full-blown packer checker this Wednesday night because the last outlaw is coming to the ring with a rock hard gimmick in his pants. Not a little pea shooter. Nuh-uh. One of them dirty hairy joints. Can't wait till you see Sotnam's bazooka this Sunday on pay-per-view all sponsored by blue chew. If you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. Let's have better sex. Y'all and we got a special deal for our listeners. Try blue chew free. When you use our promo code, my world at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is my world to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast and what's no doubt going to be a botchamania appearance when Jeff gets that hog meat on full display this Wednesday. Jeff, I'm excited, man, for you to come out and make that commitment that you're going to show the world your wiener meat and the reason you have to strut the way you do and the reason you cock that head the way you do and the reason Mrs. Jarrett's grinning ear to ear every time I see her. We thank Blue Chew for today's sponsorship and hope you'll give them a try. Blue Chew loves you. Listen, man, you know, we do what we can. That's right, pal. The last outlaw with a hard ding donk this Wednesday night on Turner. What are we doing with our lives, Jeff? Do you ever ask yourself? What, what, what are in the blue moon are we doing? <laughs> uh, listen, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad we got to get back in the saddle sincerely, you know, after last week's episode with everything happening the way it did, you know, we actually recorded we you and I haven't talked about this on the show but we talked about your rookie year as the last time you and I sat down and recorded an episode and in that we played the first promo you ever did on TV which was your dad's now famous I quit poem he didn't write it but he made it a big part of your life and it became a part of your wrestling life that day and there was a part in there that you said in your promo about what he wrote to your brother Jason where he talked about legacy that your dad wanted to leave behind. And just hearing that got you emotional because you and I knew at the time he was battling esophagus cancer and you referenced the battle that your dad's in right now, but we didn't really say anything. And I stepped out on a limb and said, we should just get those prayer warriors behind him and just reveal it. And unbelievably, Mr. Jarrett was gone the very next day. So as the world is learning on a Tuesday that he's gone, you and I had just the day before recorded this episode. And that was a pretty, uh, pretty amazing timing for that episode to be recorded and air. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, now with the benefit of hindsight, you've had a chance to sort of sit and think and reflect on all of that, man, is it just wild or do things happen the way they're supposed to, this feels like more, it convinced me more of that more than ever. Conrad, where I got an idea while I'm going to say these few words, Google the parable of the Chinese farmer. Okay. Parable of the Chinese farmer. But when you ask for those prayers and a lot of people 
might be thinking, oh, wow, those prayers weren't answered. I'm going to kind of flip on the other side and go, now, wait a minute. A man with esophagus cancer, my dad was having a rough, rough time. Um, chemo. Uh, At 80 just, years old, by the way. Just kicking his butt. Uh, and the radiation had, you know, it was doing what it was supposed to do and making him very, it was very, very difficult to eat. Um, and so he had to, you know, uh, he got a feeding tube put in on a Thursday and, and his situation, which nobody wants to do that. Uh, he opted out, didn't want to take the original surgery. It's just going to be too much. But, um, you know, as I sit here today, uh, almost two weeks later, um, what a life my dad left, uh, led and, and had, and, um, for a massive heart attack to hit, uh, before he got up, uh, and, and headed off to his next chemo treatment. Um, you know, no pain. No, no, no. I mean, it was, he got a good night's rest, was getting up in discomfort because of the chemo and radiation, but, but essentially had a heart attack and passed away. I view that as I said here today as an incredible blessing, like an incredible blessing. And, what you just stated, go to the, the day before me and you are, are talking about it. And, you know, you kind of let the cat out of the bag and, and, and that's cool. And, uh, you know, uh, but, but just how everything happened and look, here's a, another little, uh, all, all things are, you know, it's look, it's, it's not my world. It's God's world without question, because, uh, about seven weeks ago, my church asked me to speak at a men's breakfast. I said, yes, happy to kind of tell my story. Who would have known or even thought in their wildest dreams that uh, Tuesday the 21st at 6 o'clock, I'd be speaking at a men's breakfast, and four hours later at my same church, uh, we'd be having my dad's service all at the same day, all at the same place. And the people that came in, and I mean, you know, Tony and all the AEW folks, a big group from Memphis. People came from all over. Um, you know, Jerry Lawler writing those words. And look, Jerry's a he goes without saying. His 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 he's got a lot of talents, a great artist, but you know, he's a great talker. But for Dave Brown to be a part of delivering that, you just never know how things are gonna turn out. But they all, if you if if I don't screw things up and getting uh, God's way, things happen exactly the way they're supposed to happen, which I just think is, it's a real blessing. I mean, a real, real blessing. And, um, yeah. So, uh, we started that by you saying, Conrad, I'm glad we're back, back, back grooving. And, uh, I am very grateful for the last two weeks. I'll just say that you asked for it. Here's uh, that reading you wanted. Uh, once upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer whose horse ran away. That evening, all of his neighbors came around to commiserate. They said, we're so sorry to hear your horse has run away. This is most unfortunate. The farmer said, maybe the next day, the horse came back, bringing seven wild horses with it. And in the evening, everyone came back and said, oh, isn't it lucky? What a great turn of events. You now have eight horses. The Farmer again said, maybe. The following day, his son tried to break one of the horses and while riding it, he was thrown and broke his leg. The neighbors then said, oh dear, that's too bad. The farmer responded, maybe 
The next day, the conscription officers came around to conscript people into the army and they rejected his son because he had a broken leg. And again, all the neighbors came around and said, isn't that great? And again, he said, maybe the whole process of nature is an integrated process of immense complexity. And it's really impossible to tell whether anything that happens in it is good or bad because you never know what will be the consequences or of the misfortune, or you never know what will be the consequences of the good fortune. So let me ask this, Jeff, do you want to do a show next week? Maybe. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. Of course I do, Connie. Uh, but no, I, I appreciate you doing that. But yeah, it, it's just if if you don't kind of get wrapped up in 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 just hanging on every every turn of events, uh, just keep don't quit. Just keep plugging forward. Things are going to turn out. They are, they they just are. They always do. We greatly appreciate you joining us today. I feel like we're back in the saddle. I do want us to pay tribute to your dad and just talk about him some other time. I'm excited to talk about 2008 next week here on the program, but I'm glad we got to talk about another piece of your reemergence in the TNA. You know, it was exciting to talk about, you know, joining up with Anthem and, and coming back in 2017. We set the stage in our last episode. Now we're kind of getting into the complexities of boy, it's pretty challenging to get a TV deal here and. We're having to cut costs. The next time we talk about this will be the exit from Anthem. And we know that it always gets darkest just before dawn. And we know what's on the other side of that, which is your sobriety and your walk and your, um, commit uh, recommitment to Christ. And more importantly, the hall of fame who saw that coming on the heels of it. And then before you know it, man, you're up and running again and off to the races and fast forward a handful of years. After people thought the last note on Jeff had been written in wrestling, he's winning the tag belts this Sunday on pay-per-view. And Conrad, we're going to kick this, uh, that when we revisit the 2017, we're going to kick it off with Slammiversary because I want to go through that entire show. We don't have to go too granular, but enough that uh, it, there's a lot of highlights in this. But speaking of getting back on the saddle, and I don't think we properly showed the respect that this – situation deserves we've had a lot going on we've you know your travel my travel life circumstances and all this but getting back on the saddle i don't think we have you know there's 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 a lot of events coming up but conrad i'll kind of give you the out but truer words have never been spoken when we talk about getting in the saddle so let's just do it one last time is the dumbest statement you've ever heard in your entire life come out of Chris Park's mouth when Joe Burrow is the next John, uh, 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 Joe Montana. It's up there. Although yeah. those, those recent observer awards that said WWE was the worst promotion of the year. Okay. That's close. <laughs> worst promotion of the year. They had their most top line gross of all time. They had their most profit of all time. Do we know what worst means? <laughs> Do we know what promoter means? I feel like some of the people who were voting on some of these awards don't really understand what the fucking words mean. <laughs> a promoter is supposed to drag in money. So if the top promote by definition, the best promoter is the one who generated the most money. The worst is the one who generated the least. 
How are we voting on that and still not understanding what the doggone words are? Is there a hammer in here? I want to hit myself in the head with it. <laughs> How are they the worst promotion when they made the most fucking money? I want to be the worst promotion. Sign me up for that. Yeah. I'm if worst say. means most profitable, most successful, I want to be the worst. <laughs> not the worst at picking games or forecasting careers like Abyss. <laughs> he does a great job working out his Rick Boogs segments. He's one of the best at producing Boogs. Everybody knows in that company, top to bottom, Boogs needs a segment. Get Abyss. Get his ass in here. Bring him with the glasses. Bring him with the mask. But if this Boog segment's getting over, just add Abyss. Everybody knows that. It's not a secret. Oh, Lord. Worst promotion, Jeff. <laughs> I don't, what? I don't, I don't have words. I, I really don't. Listen, we've had a lot of fun today. I'm glad Jeff is in a good mood today and laughing and cheering and carrying on. Uh, if you, uh, if you'd like to, we want to give you a heads up. We, uh, we did a, we were able to capture the memorial service for Mr. Jarrett. It's available on our YouTube. We're also throwing up a couple of ones up. We'll add another one today, a really touching little music video that, uh, is set to unlicensed music. So we're not monetizing it. You can watch it commercial free. But we wanted to do right by Mr. Jarrett. And, uh, sometimes I think the best songs to do that are, you know, recognizable songs, but, uh, it's really hard to go ahead and pull together a license agreement in between your 19 podcasts and your 48 mortgages you had to do. So we're just going to not monetize it and enjoy that. And we'll give some credit, but I, uh, I can't say enough nice things about Mr. Jarrett and his contributions to the family and greatly appreciate you being so open and willing to share that service with everybody, Jeff. And. Just, uh, I'm ready for us to be back on track, but I want to put a bow on this for now. We sure are going to miss Mr. Jarrett. Uh, well said, pal. Well said. We'll see you guys next week right here on my world. Peace. All right. By now guys, you know, I love talking about old wrestling. What you might not know is it's not my real passion. My real passion is helping people save money. My real passion is getting families out of apartments and into houses. My real passion is getting people's finances aligned so they can retire on time. I hated going to Walmart and seeing the greeter being 80 years old. She should not be working. She should be home. Why is she still working? Because she still has a mortgage. I want to help avoid that for you. The other thing I want to help you with, let's make sure your kids don't get saddled with student loans. If you've got a student loan, why did you get one? Maybe because your parents still had a mortgage. I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm being sincere. There's only so much money to go around. What I want to help you do is figure out where you are right now and where you want to be long-term. And I do it at SaveWithConrad.com. I've been doing mortgages for more than 20 years. And during all that time, we've helped tens of thousands of families change their life. I mean, routinely, we're helping our podcast listeners save five, six, seven, eight hundred bucks a month, but more importantly, get them out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. But if you don't think it can happen for you, let me just tell you this. We are not the bank. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. We're going to get you a game plan on how to improve your credit, how to save a little bit of cash and how to get into that dream house. Maybe you're already in the house, but it would be nice if someday we could put a pool in the back or one day we want to upgrade to hardwood floors or remodel the kitchen or get a badass master bathroom. I can help you do all of that with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. 
Check it out. Savewithconrad.com, NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And hey, y'all, don't take my word for it. Check us out. We've got an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. And as if that's not enough, go look at our reviews. Read them and weep, haters. ConradReviews.com. You'll see more than a thousand five-star reviews. Our average review is 4.72 stars. Find out how much money you can save. Take control of your life in 2023 by taking control of your finances. We're going to show you how to keep more of your own money. If you've got credit card debt, what are you paying on that? 14%, 28%, you know, you can do better with the mortgage though. You may not know this, the interest you pay is tax deductible. And we can even show you how to skip your next two house payments. So if you could get a lower monthly payment, pay your debt off faster, get a greater tax deduction at the end of the year. And right now, right after the holidays, skip your next two payments, buddy, this is the biggest no brainer in the history of the world. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Or Hey man, shoot me an email directly. Conrad at savewithconrad.com. Hey everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.